0: For landlords, by landlords. The Rent Perfect Podcast
1: with David Pickrop.
0: Oh man, what a great day. I have Denny Dobbins here with me. We are going to just completely diagnose this White House blueprint for the renter's bill of rights that came out last month. So this is big, Denny. And when it's big, we come to you. Denny Dobbins here with me today. You got to know about Denny. Denny was one of the co-founders of the Crime Free Housing. Maybe you might use that addendum. He wrote the language, this is the man who's been in our industry for years and years and years. I'm grateful he's on my staff. I'm grateful that he is part of the Rent Perfect family, and he is our in-house attorney. Unfortunately, he's not your attorney, and I'm sorry about that, but anything we say today... We want you to run by your own attorney. But Denny Dobbins, fantastic career uh, and grateful that you're here to talk about this with us today. How are you? Good to be here. That's awesome. I'm I'm (laughs) glad I was
1: here last night because, you know, I came from KC. You did. Congratulations, uh, by the way. And and we won. Love Philly. Love Hurts. But, uh, you know, you have to to go with your team, right? Love Hurts. Love Hurts. Love Hurts. Love Hurts.
0: Um, Yeah, you do. You got to go with with who you love and, uh, hey, Philly, hang in there. You've got a great organization and it'll be fun to watch you next year. But but not a super decisive win. I mean, controlled the clock, you know, came down at the very end, took care of business. Control the refs. I mean, yeah. yeah, well. (laughs) Well, today we're talking about, like I said, the White House blueprint for a renter's bill of rights. Now, last year in several podcasts, we talked about we knew something big was coming. We, we, we've heard from different parts of different agencies, uh, them requesting information. We just know that they're kind of moving uh, to start regulating us in this industry a little bit more. So we knew it was coming, but I want to clarify today, we are going to actually break this up into five parts because there is so much here we wouldn't, this would be a five-hour podcast no one wants to listen to for five hours. So we want to break this up, but we want to be concise and make sure we get the information out. Um Denny, do me a favor real quick. Read this first legal disclaimer on the uh White House Bill of Rights for us. The whole thing? Just the first paragraph.
1: The blueprint for a renter's bill of rights is a statement of principles. It is not binding. So why do we have it? <laughs> it's not binding and does not itself constitute U.S. government policy. It does not supersede, modify, or direct an interpretation of any existing federal, state, or local statutes, regulation, or policy. Any federal agency actions referenced in this document will be implemented separately by the relevant federal agencies pursuant to their legal authorities. It does not constitute binding guidance that's what hud said too yeah (laughs) for the public states localities or federal agencies and therefore does not require compliance with the principles described herein false (laughs) adoption of these principles may not meet the regulations requirements of existing statutes, regulations, policies, or the requirements of the federal, state, local agencies that enforce them. That's their disclaimer. (laughs) These principles are not intended to and do not prohibit or limit any lawful activity of a government agency.
0: Okay. What does that mean to
1: you? (laughs) Well, to me, it means... uh, We're going to put some guidelines in place, and they're not necessarily going to be enforceable by law. But, you know, as soon as they do that, you know, and I have have very deep feelings about this whole thing because it looks to me not only like they're trying to take complete control of anything to do with federally funded housing But the way they're going about it looks like there were a whole bunch of attorneys that had nothing to do for a while and they threw them on this project and everybody kind of threw a bunch of stuff in here. Nobody really knows what's going on. And they're actually saying themselves, well, you know, we really can't implement this. Well, then why are you doing it? We already have all the things that they're putting in this. We already have in place in other federal (laughs) mandates and Guidelines,
0: and what's interesting is we go through this. They're saying this isn't law yet. This is it. It is. It, you already have most of this stuff, and we do. It's it's interesting. Okay,
1: because they're talking about we, you know, renters are discriminated against. Well, we have laws, a lot of laws against discrimination. Right. We, we teach those things. I teach those things and have taught that all over the country. I teach people how not to discriminate because we have laws against discrimination. We have laws against. Most of the things that they say they're going to cover here, well, we do going have it. I don't don't get it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so on the next page, um, we usually don't read this much, but we've just got to lay this out to you. Over 44 million households, or roughly 35% of the U.S. population, live in rental housing. And while federal laws such as the Fair Housing Act, the American with Disabilities Act, the Violence Against Women's Act— and the Fair Credit Reporting Act offer renters certain focused protections, there is no comprehensive set of federal laws protecting renters.
1: That is the comprehensive set of federal laws.
0: (laughs) Right. So we're going to try to put it all under one name. And once we get it under one name, great. So um, instead, our nation's rental market is defined by a patchwork of state and local laws and legal processes that renters and rental housing providers must navigate. So
1: what does that tell you? A patchwork of state laws. We want to get rid of a patchwork of state laws. We don't want any state laws. We want to control it and take it over.
0: So the intention of this document right in the very beginning is to say we are going to federally take over housing anywhere from, you know, applying to the eviction process is going to become federal law All 50 states.
1: For example, many states have a... Residential, Landlord, and Tenant Act. They have Manufactured Housing, Residential, Landlord, and Tenant Acts. Well, those are state. Those are state laws. Right. This says we don't want those anymore.
0: Right. So, I know you're not a constitutional attorney, but to me, just being a citizen who kind of understands state laws a little bit, this seems like it would be completely and totally against the Constitution. Am I right or wrong?
1: Well... The way the 10th Amendment works is basically says, look, if it's not in the Constitution, if it's not articulated in the Constitution, for example, there's nothing in the Constitution about weapons. So we have an amendment, the Second Amendment. So that's part of the Constitution. Right. There's nothing in the Constitution about abortion. Okay. So technically that falls under the 10th okay. Amendment. That so says you're saying that
0: because weapons are in the Constitution— that they're protected. But the 10th says if it's not in the Constitution, it goes to the states. It's
1: a state item for state discussion and state law. And that's why
0: the Supreme Court overturned Roe v.ersus Wade. That's part of it. Didn't rule on abortion, just said this isn't a federal issue. It goes back to the states.
1: Right. And that's how it's supposed to work. If it's not articulated in the Constitution, it goes to the state for a decision.
0: Okay. So how do you think they're going to get around taking over this whole landlord-tenant relationship federally?
1: Well, under Article 1, Section 8, the Commerce Clause, that's how they do a lot of their bidding. Okay. Because if, if there's issues that touch across state lines and has to do with federal money, for instance, there's a lot of housing um, that has been funded with federal loans. Okay. So they can reach out the long arm of the law and say, ah, we're taking that. Okay. and we're gonna We put have that
0: jurisdiction at- over it because we are federally involved in it.
1: Correct. That's, or, how, that's one of the ways they're right. going to go about it.
0: Or we're going to take over the eviction moratorium because this disease is all over the United States. And they originally came in and did your commerce clause. And then they finally came in and said, no, this disease, you know, transports over borders. It becomes a federal thing. So we are going to do an eviction Moratorium, moratorium. Yeah. over the whole entire.
1: Yeah, nation. it has it has to do with great public outcry, great public uh, importance, and so uh, we'll just have an executive order. Right,
0: so they introduced it with kind of a state of an emergency, and now they got a little taste of it, and they're like, "Okay, we did that with a state of emergency. Let's find a way to get control of this without a state of emergency."
1: Yeah, the most interesting thing to me is that all these things, all these agencies that they have out there that already, you know, if you as a landlord do something stupid and you're, say, not letting someone rent in your property because they are of a certain color, well, pretty quickly that's going to get to the AG's office. Right. And you're going to be hammered as a landlord because it's illegal. Right. So what more is this going to do for us than we already have? I don't get it, other than control. Right, right.
0: Well, we're going to have several podcasts on this, so we'll be able to talk a lot about this. Okay, so something else that stood out to me. In addition to underpinning the policy actions that the administration is announcing today, these principles will, where possible, guide future federal policy and programs and updates to rulemaking, guidance, and notices governing existing policies and programs. Right, I mean... Usually they have, they're not this bold. They are telling us right now, this is where we're going, right? Usually they kind of hide it. They kind of don't admit it. They are blatantly telling us, landlords, right now, this is where future rules and guidance, notices, and governing is coming. So we got to know this. If this is our future as landlords, these, this podcast, and understanding this White House blueprint for a renters' bill of rights—you need to know this um, as it uh, as it unfolds.
1: Yeah, the real question that I have is, you know, it's the old argument of, you know, once the camel gets its nose in the tent, you're in yes, trouble. Absolutely. So my issue is, well, you know, when they talked about the HUD uh, changes, the changes to the guidelines in 2016, mm-hmm. they said, well, these are just going to be, you know. They're just guidelines. Well, they're not guidelines. No. You got to follow them. Period. And if they get their hands here in a long-arm take, how quickly are they going to be into the private sector? Cuz they're going to try to make everything a federal issue and say, right. "Huh, it's not just government housing now. It's not just government-funded housing. It's housing." Right. That's where they're going. And
0: which they already have full control over federal housing. This is about That's we're taking over all housing. That's what I see. Okay. Under their first principle, which we're going to talk about today, is access to safe, quality, accessible, and affordable housing. Denny, I want that.
1: Everybody, I want that for my renters.
0: That. It's, it's as if we're saying, oh, everybody doesn't want that. We want that. My rents went up quite a bit in the last three years. They didn't go up because I set the rents. I don't set my rents. In a way, I set them to the market value, but I don't, I don't control the market. I don't control when I buy a new rental if it's gonna, I'm going to buy it at 250000 350000 or $500,000. And if I'm buying it at 500000 and my payment's 3300 then my rent's got to cover. I'm really not setting my rents where I want to. The market sets
1: the rents. Yeah, you can always set them low, but you can't set them too high. Can't
0: set them too high. You can't set them too low, or you're gonna go broke. You go broke if you go low, right? uh, So why be in this industry? You go empty if you go high. So renters should have access to housing that is safe, decent, and affordable, and should pay no. Love this. Listen to this, and should pay no more than thirty percent of household income on housing costs.
1: That is a Pandora's box. (laughs) How are they going to do that? <laughs> they're going to tell a landlord, okay, well, you know, y- you can't charge $5,000. You're, you're going to have to charge, because le- they, they only make so much money. They can only yeah, pay 30%. Yeah.
0: Their income now is going to control the rent. That's what they're saying.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. And,
0: and what's interesting is, if you want to live in a big, gorgeous house, and it's 70% of your income, you have the freedom to make that choice.
1: But that's not affordable.
0: <laughs> but if you want to live over your means, you have the ability to do it in America. We all do it every single day. So how are you going to make that happen?
1: Because it's not a matter of... It's a matter of equality. That's where they're going. Everything has to be equal. Okay. And, that, and that's where the control comes in. It's almost like a, a federal... Um, mandate on how the federal government is going to make everyone equal, and this is one of the, one of the ways. If I don't know how they're going to do this, I don't know how Congress is going to allow this to happen. But you can't you can't set you can't set prices because that's what they're doing. This is this is setting price fixing prices. Yeah. It's a price yeah. fixing. Now, if any if any private sector company tried to do this, they'd be in violation of the Sherman Act.
0: Absolutely. You should pay no more for your grocery food than for I mean, it's got to be can, affordable. Like, so you're telling me attorneys got together and this whole logic came out right here? This had is to. what had to. Okay. We got to get some new attorneys in cuz this logic is not
1: there. Well, it, you know, it ebbs and flows and <laughs> and it goes back and forth with the type of administration you have. Okay. It.
0: We got to move on because okay. there's so much good stuff here. Uh, Here's the next one. In 2019, almost one quarter of the 44 million renter households spent at least half of their earnings on rent. Okay? When I grew up, my dad sat me down and taught me economics. My teachers in school taught me economics. And they're the ones who told me, don't pay too much, keep your credit clean, Right. They taught me how to manage my finances. And it seems like here they're saying, oh, because half of the renters are paying one half of their rent, you know, uh, one half the earnings on rent. um, That's our problem. And we're going to have to let them get away with that and change. We need to change the government instead of changing the thinking in our education system The thinking of the people. This is just taking away people's responsibility to live their life responsibly in my opinion
1: Well, I think so I mean like you my my dad uh, you know I remember asking him one time for some money and he goes what for well I I just need some he goes good job yeah I was nine right so I did and that was the best thing that ever happened to me
0: yeah it just seems like they're trying to rescue a generation maybe that hasn't properly learned economics um, in school so. Well,
1: the, well, the bottom line is that people are struggling. They struggle everywhere. I mean, it's hard to make rent. Everybody wants to have a little bit nicer place. And then you try to you try to weigh, okay, well, how much can I pay for rent and pay all my other bills? And we all do that. We all try to juggle. And And this is somehow saying, you're not going to need to do that. We're going to tell you. This yeah. is how it's going to work. Yeah,
0: exactly. We're going to put this on the landlord's back. Instead of you having to take responsibility for your financial wherefore, don't worry about it. We're just going to make sure other people. And, of course, some
1: landlords are going to go, I don't want to be involved in this, so uh, let the government take this property.
0: Next one. Limited housing supply has created more competition for fewer available units, which gives owners even more leverage in deciding to whom to rent to, what lease terms to offer, and whether and how much to raise rents. At the same time, the housing stock in America is aging and more rental housing is facing obsolescence or poor housing conditions.
1: And somehow that's the landlord's fault.
0: Well, I will tell you this document right here, even as we speak about this on this podcast, will get people to say, is it time to leave the rental Mm -hmm. market? Okay. We are pushing landlords out of this market, and yet we're complaining that there's a limited housing supply.
1: Yeah, and you're and you're also with this you're going after contractors. Yeah, because they're not going to be able to build housing that's going to be able to house people because they're going to say there's no money in it.
0: There's too expen- they're too expensive.
1: They're too expensive. They're too expensive. And and no one's going to buy them because the government won't let me rent them right. out for more than 30% of their right wages.
0: Right. Well, and 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 I've, this ending here at the same time, the housing stock in America is aging, okay?
1: Yeah, it's been doing So that for if centuries. you
0: have an older house that needs a little bit of fixing, I think they're throwing a little pot shot there saying, you better get that up to date.
1: Oh, yeah. You know? Of course, we, you know, we don't have any laws to make a, a home <laughs> habitable, right?
0: <laughs> okay, so we continue first principles of this whole thing. Let's just drive the landlord right out of the business so we have less housing, and rents go up. It makes just no sense.
1: Well, if landlords drop out, it's easier to control.
0: Okay. So the administration is announcing the following new actions. Now, we're not going to go through this. It's really long. But what I wanted to point out is listen to all of the agencies that are involved in, the, in, this, um, in these new actions. The Federal Trade Commission. Okay? I love it. An independent agency... Okay, so we're going to tell an independent agency what to do. Does that make them a dependent agency or still an independent agency? I'm not real sure. Okay? Um, Consumer Federal Protection Bureau. Okay? The Department of Justice. The Federal Housing Finance Agency. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Um, The Department of Defense. The Department of Housing and Urban Development the Department of Agriculture, and the Department of Treasury.
1: And so somehow they think they're going to bring all these agencies together or create some type of conglomerate out of this. Sounds ominous.
0: That sounds like a patchwork to me. Yeah. It's,
1: uh, <laughs> I mean, we we have all of these. I mean, landlords have been dealing with, with these all this time, and suddenly there's some crisis.
0: Yeah, this, this is going to be... Re- you know, like it said, we had the fair credit. When we started out, we had the FCRA. You know, we had fair housing. Do you know how many things are going to be coming from each of these agencies that we're going to have to even keep up with? I mean, we're not, it's going to become like the tax code that is so big, we don't even know if we're doing our taxes right. Well, you,
1: well, yeah. you know, I just finished a book on management uh, for, for housing. and And my wife, she edited it. And she goes, I would never be a landlord. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so yeah. many things that, that you have to do. And if they're trying to put more stuff on top of landlords, it, it's going to be a crisis.
0: Well, there you go. There's the opening. There's the intention. There's the first principle of safe, quality, quality accessible housing. It's kind of setting up to, um, to what we should expect in 2023 and beyond. Um, we're going to go over the second, third, fourth, and fifth principle in another podcast. We're grateful you're here today. You are hearing correct that, um, we've got some changes coming, but with some good attorneys and some good, uh, creative thinking, I think we're going to be able to get through this as always. I think landlords are smarter than the government. And, uh, so well, I don't,
1: my, my take, my take initially is why, why all this stuff, but, you know, landlords have been doing things right for a long time. Yeah. You know, every time something comes out, landlords do it right. They follow the law. And in one way, all these things that they're saying are coming down, they're already, they've already come down. Now it's just a matter of how much control. And if the real objective is to somehow control how much money a landlord can make or charge, mm-hmm. maybe that's where they're really going. We'll see more as we continue to discuss this. I
0: just think the more regulations, the more attorneys you get salivating over people who are violating this and violating this, and you just create more of a contentious industry, even though you have good intentions, you know, on every side. But you are right. You know, most of the landlords I talk to absolutely are fantastic landlords. Follow the law. Do what it needs. The federal government needs to catch up to us. And one last question, and I don't know if you know this or not, but— why did we get rid of all of our federal housings back in the 70s? Why did they get out of the game? Did you ever see what their projects looked like? Did you ever see how they were running things? You know, Jack Kemp had to come in and and put some laws on the books to get all the criminals out, get all the gangs and all the drugs out. You know, they were terrible when they had federal housing. What makes them think they can come back and tell all of these great landlords how to run their business when they have yeah. no You know, they have no um, experience whatsoever in doing what we do.
1: They come in and tell the private sector what to do. They give all the rules, and then it all gets screwed up, and then they give more rules to fix it that don't work. Yeah.
0: Well, it's time for us to talk to our congressmen, talk to our, you know, associations. I don't know how far that gets nowadays. This thing keeps, keeps coming at us and coming at us, but it's worth a try. We can't give up. We appreciate you joining us for the White House Blueprint for Renters' Bill of Rights Part 1. We'll look forward to seeing you on Part 2. And until next time, continue to rent. Perfect.